This is episode number 99 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about the cornerstone, foundational things that you need to know, being a part of the empire of Israel, which are the mitzvot. We've got to have a good understanding of the mitzvot because these are the things that are germane to our constitution. They're the things that govern Hebrew Israel as we are in exile and when we get back into the land. So, without any further ado, Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go! This is Rabbi Robert B. Homer Jr. and Sean Alvin. <laughs> why, 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 why am I introducing you? This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and... This is Rabbi Bobby. I can't even get it out myself. Sean Appleton and this is Hebrews, Hebrews in Exile. Exile. I don't know why I'm introducing you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, we I'm, had to make up for the last, for the last one because we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't go as hard as on our, on our laughing at yeah. the beginning. <laughs> Listen, Sean. There is a critical thing for Hebrews in Exile to understand and know. We're going to be talking about these over and over because... This has to get locked down in your heart and in your system. Mm-hmm. And that's the rules and the regulations of the Most High. Agreed. One of the commandments that the Most High has given to Hebrew Israel is that you shall teach these to your children. You shall, medit- you shall meditate them when you're lying down and when you get up. Yeah. They are supposed to be on your heart. Yep. In Devarim chapter 31 or 32, I forget which one it is, he tells talks about us about us making a song. Mm. You shall you you shall make a song of these mitzvot. Mm. That's how important they are to the most high. Mm. When we conclude in Devarim, in the book of Devarim, the last thing that the prophet Mashe does for Hebrew Israel is that he goes through, he clarifies, and he recites all of the mitzvot. Yes. And then he tells Hebrew Israel, and now you are to make a copy of these for yourself Mm -hmm. and teach them to your children and begin to make a song of them, make them a part of who you are. Right. We're (laughs) talking... We're talking about being about being pure about being pure Hebrews. Pure Hebrews know that the rules and the instructions of the Most High are the most critical and most important part of their way of life that reconnects them to the Most High. Absolutely, absolutely, it's a very so, tantamount. So if if the order of where you are are not teaching them. And if they're mixing, if they're mixing the Hebraic way with the Greek way, that's not a pure Hebrew. No, not at all. It's not a pure Hebrew. Not at all. Yeah, we're talking about a lifestyle that is prescribed for Hebraic people that is pleasing for the most high, that makes us set apart, that makes us kedoshim, which makes us set apart. Hebrews, pure Hebrews, do not subscribe to a Greek idea. Nope. Or a Greek theology. They nope. don't. No. Nope. Now, with that being said, let's jump back into these mitzvotes for this week. Okay. We're still in Bereshit, Genesis chapter number 32. Now, one of the things the Most High has said to us about the 
rules and instructions, the misfoes, the misbatines. He said, and this shall be a way of life for you. So as we talk about these, we're not talking about these in the context of anything that has to do with salvation. We're talking about them in the context of the way the Most High presents them to us mm -hmm. as a way of, of life. life. Right. And that way of life, and through them, we are connected back to the creator of all things, whose name is Yahweh, mm -hmm. who's, who's El, the mighty one, mm -hmm. who said, I am the first, I am the last, mm -hmm. beside me there is no, no other. other. So we're not, we're, one of the most, one of the things that the Most High hates, we'll get to it in one of the misfolk, not tonight, but uh, um, I'll mention it, is that the Most High absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt abhors he hates idolatry. idolatry oh yeah with a passion he hates the very hint of it mm. Mm -hmm. now let's go all right and this one here we're going to talk about eating sinew there's a prohibition and there's a misvote that talks about not eating sinew in Genesis chapter 32 uh, and beginning, I think it is 30, 31, it talks about Yaakov called the place Peniel, face of El, because I have seen El face to face, yet my life is spared. And as the sun rose upon him, he went on past Peniel, limping at the hip. Mm. This is why to this day, this is why to this day, this is why to, to this, this day, day, the people of Israel mm -hmm. do not eat the thigh muscle that passes along the hip socket because the man struck Yaakov in the hip at its socket. This is mm. why to this day, Hebrew people do not eat the thigh muscle. Now. Huh. The underlying purpose, it is meant to be a reminder that Yaakov suffered at the hand of his brother Esau, Esau yeah. that in exile, we Israel will suffer many troubles in our various exiles at the hand of the nations. This mark of the nations is going to be upon us. We are marked by the nations. What mark? Suffering. In this exile, the Hebrew nation of Israel is suffering. And we're suffering because of our neglect to follow the rules and the instructions of the Most, Most High. High. Mm. That's why we're suffering. So just as the sun sets upon our father Yaakov and he was healed, so the sun of redemption will one day set upon us and we too will be healed and see our deliverance back into the land. Mm. So with that being the case, one of the things that we don't do is we don't, we don't, he gives us the right. There's a mitzvot also that talks about that you are you may uh, uh, slaughter you may slaughter meat, mm -hmm. but if you're going to slaughter meat, it has to be kosher. It has to be drained properly. Correct. And 
this sinew, this, this thing that's called sinew is taken out. Mm. So this mitzvot here that we're talking about, sinew, applies everywhere and at all times to both men and women. So we are supposed to remove it. And if we were koshering our own meat, then we would dig after it to remove it in a piece of meat that we eat, that we eat, sinew is not to be eaten. Mm. So now we're talking about, what are we talking about? We're talking about food. That's right. That's right. So the mitzvot also talk about, about what, what we, what and how, what we're supposed to eat and how we're supposed to eat it. The sinew is something that is not supposed to be eaten. eaten. Right. Now I talked about this issue here that the rules, the laws and instructions are ethical and they're moral. Mm. So when people talk about <laughs> Come on, I know where you're going. Hope you going up the hill. <laughs> when they talk about the mitzvot that have been done away with oh, and Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ pinned them to the cross, then we have to look at the ethical moral aspect of it. Okay, uh, what we're talking, and we can't establish a norm mm -hmm. that takes all the mitzvot that the Most High gives and throws them into one pot and say, "Well, we're just going to do away with them do all." Do it all, yeah, yeah. Because when you say that, it sounds like that's what you're doing, mm -hmm. while in fact, in fact, I'm going to tell the people that say that you're liars. Yeah, it, it's. You're liars. Yeah, go ahead. And the reason why I'm calling you liars is because you do adhere to the mitzvah, yeah. to the law and the Torah of the Most High because the text said it's nigh even in your mouth to do it. That's correct. And here, here's the other dichotomy that I that I found very interesting. It coming out of the mouth of, 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 of Yeshua himself when they ask him, this is a point, very poignant question. What is the greatest mitzvah? Well, if they've been done away with, then why do you care? Right. What, who cares whether and what the greatest one is because they've all been done away exactly, with? Exactly. Exactly. And, and and quite frankly, he named something that's in uh, that can be found in uh, Vayikra uh, chapter nineteen. And let's add this in there too. Nowhere does Yahweh ever put, and that's what man does, is we put titles and. Uh, gravitas and validity and a hierarchy on what we deem to be, oh, this is a, a, a greater sin or a, a bigger mitzvot than the other ones. The Most High never says he that. Never says that. <laughs> he never, he says, never says one is greater than the, the other. other. <laughs> he simply says one word, obey, obey them. them. Right. Obey them. Mm -hmm. Now, this mitzvot that I'm going to talk about now leads in to the fact that what I said, that people that talk about the mitzvot have been done away with, the law has been done away, you're liars. Mm. You're liars. And this particular mitzvot proves the lie. Okay. It's in Shemot, or Exodus chapter 21 and verse 15. Exodus it is the prohibition to strike one's father or mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. So I guess if it's been done away with, you can get the wailing on folk, I guess. The Most High says, this is a mitzvot. Whoever strikes his father or mother must be put, put to, to death. death. So if we were in the land and this happened, mm -hmm. 
then there's a mitzvot that says that says these words because this is an, this is an issue that's a capital offense yes it's required it, it it's germane to the death penalty mm-hmm. but a capital offense cannot be brought against an individual unless there are two or three two witnesses. witnesses that's yep. a mitzvot also that's right so this text says whoever curses his father or mother must be put to death mm-hmm. so we got two aspects here striking and cursing your mother and father will cause you to put to be put to death. Now, the question that I have to ask mm-hmm. is that mitzvot moral? Yeah, it's moral is and it, ethical. Is it ethical? Yeah. So why would you want to do away with something that's moral and ethical? And matter of fact, that that you do mm-hmm. because no, no, no person, no son in his right mind would strike his mother or father or curse them. Right. That has good common sense. That's correct. That's that's correct. And again, that's something that's written on you already. You already know that. Nobody really has to teach you that. And we don't. We can get worse with these. But there's some other ones that. Well, now I'll leave it at alone. Now, what's the purpose of what's? Why does he give us this? And what's the purpose of this? Well. The enforcement, the, the underlying purpose of these two of these two thoughts is to enforce justice for proper functioning of a civilized society. Mm. Hebrew Israel is a civilized society. Yes. Hitting one's parents undermines the very structure of the home, which is supposed to be the primary building block of the society as a whole. Uh-huh. So without Having these kinds of thoughts and instructions and teachings in our mind and in our consciousness, our our civilized society falls apart. Mm. Mm -hmm. I come back to the issue. So you Christians want to do away with the laws and the instructions of the Most High and, and, and pontificate that they are of no value, didn't bring us to the goal, and you don't have to follow them. So what you're really saying is, let's tear down our civilized society. Sorry. Yes, yes, that's in essence what, what they're saying. Mm. Oh, I was going to interject something in there, but I'm going to tell you what. Woo. I'm going to leave that right there because what you said was hot. That was hot. Shemot, Exodus 21, 18 through 19. This is a law and a rule that is part of our Mm. judicial system today. So it hasn't been done away with. And it is the law that is germane to compensation for injuring one's fellow man. Oh gosh, yeah, that's that plays out in every courtroom. Exodus 21:18 through 19. It reads, "If two people fight and one hits the other with a stone or with his fist, and the injured party doesn't die, but is confined to his bed, then if he recovers enough to be able to walk around outside, even if with a cane, the attacker will be free of liability, mm. except to compensate him for his loss of time and take responsibility for his care until his recovery is complete. 
Now, I was going to take your, I'm, I'm, I'm a, listen, is that not something that plays out? And like I mentioned before, every single courtroom, if, if you bring that, I'm not saying the same particular circumstance, but it's this issue of restitution yes. and, and, and loss of wages, loss of, of time paying my doctor's bills. That's when you go and you sue somebody for, yes. for, for, for all this um, pain and suffering. Pain and suffering. Thank you. And recovery. That's and the right. recovery time. That's a mitzvot. And loss of income. That's, that's a mitzvot that the Most High has given to Hebrew Israel. Yes. It's part of a civilized society. Yeah. And the underlying purpose is a matter of justice. Now, Exodus, or Shemot, chapter 22, verses 6 and 7. It's the law of entrusted money. Mm -hmm. So if a person entrusts a neighbor with money or goods, and they are stolen from the trustee's house, then if the thief is found, he must pay, pay double. double. Yeah. But if the thief is not found, then the trustee must state before Yahweh that he did not take the person's goods himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's got to testify to that particular point. That's right. There's nothing, there's nothing more to talk, to talk about. And which, which if we were going to go into a law, into a court of law, uh, and say that I gave this person my money, then he's got to come before the, before the court of law and he's got to prove that I didn't have nothing to do that somebody stole it. In this case, the Most High says, I'm going to make that, Derek, that declaration before the Most High before and state that I did not take that person's goods myself. We talked about this one before in our podcast. I think it's back in one of our podcasts, 67 or 68. Okay. Shemot chapter, Exodus chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. 18 and 19. All right. It is the prohibition against beastology. I mean, there we go. This, this is going to be a good one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's so self, so self-explanatory. Whoever has sexual relations with an animal must be put to death. Anyone who sacrifices to any El other than Yahweh alone is to be completely destroyed. Now, the first one you read goes back to it's naive in thy heart and in thy heart and thy mouth. Now, now listen, <laughs> it's listen. easy to do them. Listen. Why does the Most High put these kinds of instructions before Israel? Mm. Because the Canaanites right. and the Babylonians were people who were, who were susceptible to this kind of action of having sex with animals. Yeah. So he's telling Hebrew Israel, you don't do that. Right. And you see the problem with that, the Hebrew people, the Hebrew people, now listen, listen to me, by scriptorial text, the Hebrew people are very sexually active. That they are. That they are. That's one of the things and one of the problems that 
the Hebrew nation of Israel had when we deal with the aspect of Balaam and uh, forget the king. Uh, uh, Balaam and uh, oh, I know he when just, Balaam when Balaam went down and he, the, the king called Balaam to prophesy against Israel and Balaam said I cannot say anything against the, Israel that the Most High has and I'm paraphrasing Baalam or something like that I forget now yeah yeah but but the conclusion was Balaam's remarks to the king was we're going to just leave Israel alone they will procreate with your sons and your daughters. That's what they do. Yeah. yeah. So Hebrew Israel is sexually active. That they are. But we cannot be sexually active to the point that we begin to do nasty things with animals. Correct. Correct. For that, you would be put to death. That's not a moral, that's, that's morality. That's right. And that is the lack of morality, anybody who does that. Now, he says in verse 19, anyone who sacrifices to any God, that's lowercase God, because other than Yahweh alone, is to be completely destroyed. Mm. I told you that the Most High hates idolatry. Yes. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 20. Mm -hmm. Here, Israel, I am Yahweh who brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim, chapter 20. Mm -hmm. I am a jealous Elohim. Mm. You are to have no other gods before me. That's little G-O-D. Mm. Now, I get back to a statement that I made in the prior podcast to say, pure Hebrew Israel does not worship any Elohim except the one who has created all things. It's correct. It's correct. And, and even if the guy across the street was real, he created him too. That's right. That's so right. We're not worshiping any Elohim that does not have the power to create. There you go. And the only one that has the power to create is the mighty one mm -hmm. who's called Yahweh. That's right. Who goes by the name in uh, uh, Exodus chapter, uh, is chapter 20? No, no chapter um, chapter 3. Is it 3 or 13 or 13 and 3? Where Moshe asks ask him, who shall I say sent me? He says, ye, ye, I, ye, I share it. Ye, ye, I am that I am. Mm -hmm. This shall be my name throughout all generations. What is that name? yod heh vav -Hey Yahweh. I am the Elohim of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And this shall be my name throughout all generations, which is not written in any Greek Bible. That's right. They use the title. Which is not a title for, yeah, but for the Most High. But, but what I they just, don't even write it. No, right. but what I just said, this shall be my name throughout all generations. What? yod heh vav -Hey, Yahweh. Mm -hmm. That's written in the Hebrew text. It's not written in any Greek Bible. Yes. Not yes. there. So you, if you're trying to follow the Most High using a Greek-inspired Bible, uh, I don't care what's out there. If it's not a Hebraic Bible, it's not going to have that text that I just quoted in it where the name of the Most High is written in text. Mm. Mm. Yes, agreed.
anyone who sacrifices to any God other than Yahweh. What's the purpose of these two mitzvot? To rid wickedness from Israel. Mm. To rid wickedness from Israel. Yeah, I mean, th th those, those last two just go hand in hand. The ones with the sexual relations with animals, because those, those were pagan, um, uh, uh, activities and behavior and then you got this next one that comes right behind it and it says sacrificing it's this idol worship this you're you're devoting your attention to somewhere else and even if you go back to 17 it talks about sorcerers not having those live amongst you these 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 abominable things that are very abhorrent to the most high he's just dispelling them out of the culture of of hebrew israel right and 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 what's interesting enough i'm gonna actually can i add one in here you, go, because go, because this go, is this go. is awesome because if we continue to keep reading there's a word that's in 20 that i want to harp on for a second it says you must neither wrong nor oppress a foreigner living among you. Well, you just just jumped ahead of me. That's the next misfire <laughs> I was going to talk misfire. about. Yeah. yeah. Because there's yeah. It, the, the, the word in there that I love is oppress. So we, we, go ahead. To come back to what you're saying, mm -hmm. in Shemot or Exodus chapter 22 and verse 20, it's the prohibition to oppress a foreigner. Right. You must neither wrong nor oppress a foreigner living among you, for you yourselves were foreigners in the land of Mitzrayim. That's right. Now, what I have to tell you is, if you're subscribing to the purple and gold people who claim to be Hebrew, oh, you took this, particular, this particular misquote right here says to you, they are not pure Hebrews. Yeah, because we ask the question openly. Does Hebrew Israel oppress anyone? No. no. So that should tell you again where you just took it. Anybody that has an oppressive behavior, and that is you can tell because Hebrew Israel doesn't have an oppressive bone in no, its no, body. No, It's commanded <clears throat> not to. Not commanded not to, right, exactly. So that goes to say a lot about if anybody else, even outside the purple and gold people. Yeah, and so, you read this book and you, you're supposed to be subscribed. This is the inerrant word of the most high and you're supposed to follow it. So why are you oppressing people? But, oh, okay, I, I, I forgot. You did away with those mitzvot so you can do whatever the heck you want to. Well, well here's the thing. People from the nations can do any, now they, listen, anything. Now listen, okay. the, the appearance of Hebrew Israel is that Hebrew Israel has been set apart. Right. Set apart means mean made holy. I don't use the terminology. Set apart is the is the correct is the correct analogy for that which is subscribed to something that belongs to the most high. Mm -hmm. He says, Be set apart as I am set apart. In your text is be holy as I'm holy. I don't use that terminology because the terminology has some uh has some uh pagan heathenistic connotations to it mm -hmm. so i use the word set apart because everybody knows what set apart means now right. now hebrew israel is a nation of people that is inclusive while it is that we talk about our melanated status mm. while that's our melanated status and we are 
We were born and made that by the Most High and are a nation of melanated people. Right. Yet and still, Hebrew Israel is an inclusive nation. Yes. You can join Hebrew Israel. We have we have proper text to support that when we look at the book of Ruth. Ruth and Naomi support the fact that you can be from the nations and join with Hebrew Israel. But when you do that, you have to subscribe to Israel's Elohim and you have to subscribe to the way of life that Hebrew Israel lives. Yes. A foreigner is a person from the nations who converts and joins the Hebrew nation's way of faith. Vayikra chapter 19, verse 33, if a foreigner stays with you in your land, do not do him wrong. So now when we talk about the people across, not the people across, when we talk about the Hebriskans and particularly the purple and gold people, I have to talk about them in this context Mm -hmm. because their whole mantra is to slam white people. Yeah. But white people are from the nations. Mm -hmm. And the other factor is, Everybody who looks white may not be white. That's right. That's right. There are some Hebrew people who look white and they ain't white. Mm-hmm. Agreed. There are some Hebrew people in the nations that are of a lighter complexion mm-hmm. than your dark melanated self. Right. Agreed. Out of which the Hebrew people are also a part of. Mm -hmm. So the Most High tells us that we are not to wrong or oppress the foreigners. So if you're hearing language Mm -hmm. amongst Hebrew people that are putting down another ethnicity or race of people, that's not what pure Hebrew Hebrew people do. Yeah, you you know what? I was, um, just as a sidebar, I went and I was on the internet today and whatever drove me to this, I was looking up the top racist countries in the world and uh, unbeknownst to me, number 12 is held by the United States. Number 11 is held by Great Britain. I think somewhere in there around like five or six is the present day state. I want to make sure I state state this correctly. The present day state of Israel. Okay, is being one of those racist places on the face of the of, of the planet. So, or of the world. I want to use the word planet of the world. And so, the issue here is that if you are in fact prescribing to be those people that are supposed to inherit that land, you're breaking this mitzvah because it's one of the most for for melanated people to go into Israel. You are going to be persecuted. You are going to be ostracized. Yes, and it is a violation. of of Torah. Of Torah. They said you're not to oppress anybody. So it it just speaks volumes to the 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 pedigree of who's claiming to be whom in that land over there because exactly. you're not even following the mitzvot that are set exactly. up by the Most High. So so now so now as we close this 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 podcast tonight, if the so-called rabbis want to raise their head and clamor about the melanated people making claims to being Hebrew and anti-Semitism by their own Torah. They don't follow their own Torah. Mm. 
Agreed. And they and 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 it's not their Torah. Mm-hmm. They have been the preservers and the keeper of yeah. According to Isaiah, mm-hmm. they have been the preserver and keeper of the Torah that belongs to us. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna if you're gonna balk and squawk, then at least be compliant to to what you claim to believe. Mm. Because if I go in there, if I confront one of them, I'm going to confront them on the basis of their of of the Torah. Mm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going in to combat to combat my idea, my thoughts. I'm going in to to speak. This is what the Torah says. Yes. This is what the Hebrew scroll says mm-hmm. that you people have been the keeper of, that you make such pride in and mm-hmm. having, and now you're telling me that they're also one of the one of the largest racist nations. On yeah. the face of the earth, yeah. which also goes against what is written in scriptorial text. That's right. So if anybody wants to come fight with me, you can come fight with me. But, yeah. <laughs> but the battle is not mine because it's written in text. And I'm not giving my commentary. I'm reading to you exactly what is here in text. Yeah. Well, this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. Exile. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.